Welcome to Marketing Tales with Chris Raposo, a podcast created to spotlight and highlight marketers, tell their stories, and share their knowledge with those interested in all things marketing. If you're interested in more than just the cut and dry strategies and tactics and want to learn more about the human side of his guests and how they got to where they are today, then this show is for you. Now let's go a little bit deeper into your writing style. Um, can we discuss uh, the process of crafting a compelling narrative and the key elements you consider when developing a story for a particular audience, whether it's traditional student or adult learners like myself? All right. Yes. So what we'll do is usually at the beginning of the year, we'll kind of come up with a general content calendar. Um, we'll take note of holidays, any kind of special events, any academic events that are kind of specific to UF that we know is, is going to be a really great promotion. Um, and then what we'll do is find students that we think can fit well into those events or, or whatever it is that we're promoting. Um, it starts, like I said initially, they'll, they'll be referred to us or we'll reach out to them. Once we've got that connection made, um, I'll go ahead and schedule the interview. And after the interview, um, I just really, I go back and I listen to that interview several times and I'll, you know, make notes and, and jot down quotes that I, that I pulled that I think really resonate, not just with me, but with the audience. Um, and then I'll, I'll just go back and, and pay attention more to what they were saying surrounding that quote and kind of pull notes with the quotes to build the story around. So it kind of starts loosely as, as more of a frame. And as they get deeper into the story, it comes together where it's like, okay, this is the vision, this is the start to finish, and this is what I want students or prospective students to walk away from after having read the story. I want them to, to understand that everything was done with a purpose. So when, when students come back to me um, and tell me, you know, you really did my story justice, I really appreciated that platform or getting to read a, a bit of my journey. And I hope that someone else gets to resonate with it as well. That, that right there just showed me that I've done a good job. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Marketing Tales Show. Today, I have my friend Giovanni Santana on the line. Giovanni, welcome to the Marketing Tales Show. Thank you, thank you, Chris. Great to be here. Awesome, man. Thanks for thanks for um, being a part of this. So, uh, you know, I always do my research on my guests, and I I know that you you have a degree in advertising from the University of Florida. Go Gators. Yes. Go Gators. And you're currently a writer at the University of Florida online's marketing team um, with the advertising degree. What made you choose the, the marketing path? So I bounced around a bit within marketing. Um, marketing is just something that's, I feel like it's a platform that's always allowed me to pursue my passion of writing, but there's always a, a bit of a challenge with it. There's always a specific goal, whether you're, trying to convert leads, um, trying to just promote a business, you know, there, there's always some kind of measurable tactic that we're trying to get involved with the writing. So I like to think of it as a, a way that I was able to marry two of my passions with creativity and writing and uh, and seeing those results play out. It's, it's just very rewarding for me. Awesome, man. Yeah, it's important to be in a field that actually, you know, you have a passion for. And I can see that you have a passion for it because I see your work and I know how well of a job you do and, and yeah man um so with uf online can you give us a brief overview of of your role at uf online and 
what you do as a higher ed content creator. I know you do the spotlights and create some writing pieces, but what else do you do? So I would say the primary role is to write student stories. Um, that's what I do most. But um, I also do dabble in email marketing. Uh, we do social media content. I used to do a lot more of that when we had our social media producer um, with us. She does incredible work in that, in that field. Um, yeah, and just really trying to think of creative ways to get our message out, whether we recently uh, got a, a great accomplishment. For example, for the past two years, we, we moved up to the number one online bachelor's program in the country. So that's something that we've really been writing and, and just trying to promote as well. So anytime we see an opportunity to let people know that the Gator Nation exists online as well, and you don't necessarily have to physically be in to be a gator that's that's really our goal and our mission so any creative way that i can find to get that message out to as many qualified applicants as possible that's that's what i want to do that's awesome yeah i definitely i follow you all on social media and i'm a product of the university of florida online <laughs> and you know i'm always proud to see these these rankings you know number one online bachelor in the nation i'm like yeah man i'm a part of this so <laughs> it definitely speaks to me yeah, it speaks, it speaks to me, and then I'm I'm willing to share it with my network, right? This is a way to just give that social proof to to push out that message even further that you right. guys, um, you know, created that you created. Um, and I know there's a lot of um, you know, social proof involved in that as well when students decide where they go to school. And um, I know, like you just mentioned, you write a lot of um, student spotlight stories. Um for UF Online, and you wrote mine last year as well, which I really appreciated and felt honored that you did that. Uh, but when it comes to picking the right person, how do you pick the right person to write about, right? And how do you determine this person's story will resonate with your target audience? Right. So um, as far as finding the students, sometimes we find them, sometimes they find us. There's a bunch of different ways. Um, sometimes they'll, they'll tag us on their social channels. And we kind of take that as an invite to, um, to to reach out to them and say, hey, you know, we noticed you recently run this, won this award or you re recently um, became a resident somewhere, whatever the case is. Uh, we want to hear that story and how it plays into their educational journey with you up online as well. Um, we've had students referred to us by professors, um, referred to us by their advisors. They work very closely with their advisors pretty much from the beginning, as you know. Um, they're there with their advisors essentially from the application stage all the way to graduation. So in doing that, these these advisors really get to know their students very well. So if there's anything um, going on in their personal life or any kind of academic achievement, professional achievement, anything like that, that the professor or the advisor would think would make for really great content, they'll send that student our way and we'll make that connection and, and see what, what we can work with as far as their story and really getting the story out there. And as far as resonating with um, our audiences. One of the great things is specifically with UF Online is a lot of our students are at many different life stages. Um, it's not typically the, you know, 17 or 18 year old coming fresh out of high school and has, you know, 20 different schools that they're applying to on their plate. Um, our students are a little more unique in that sense. And, and uh, a big benefit of that is they've experienced a lot of things throughout their life so far. And one thing they all have in common is at some point or another, they came to a point where they realized, I want to continue my education. I want to earn my, my bachelor's degree. 
And I want to do that through the University of Florida, but I just can't be in Gainesville. So that's why, you know, whenever we see an opportunity where it highlights how they overcame adversity in any way and are still pursuing their degree, that's that's what we know is going to make for a really great story. Yeah. Yeah. I love that Father's Day story you wrote about me there. Um, you know, when I decided to go to University of Florida, I was already 32 years, I think, or, or even older than that, because I went through the community college uh, in, in Tampa. And then somehow I found out about the University of Florida online. And, you know, when you're in Florida, it's either, you know, two big schools, it's either Florida State or Florida. Right. And then when I saw, oh my gosh, I got an opportunity to go to the University of Florida. Like I jumped on that. And then the other thing about the University of Florida online, I think was so amazing is that tuition cost is really low. Yeah. Compared, compared to be on uh, on campus. And then you still walk away with that UF degree though, right? Exactly. You get that same UF degree and, and you get it at, I believe, about 40% less than what the residential students are paying. Yeah. And as a, as a husband and a father, you know, and a guy with a mortgage that like that really spoke to me. And, yeah. and of course, the convenience factor of being able to get up at five in the morning and go to a lecture, you know, online and do my homework. So, of course, yeah, yeah, that flexibility is is really just unmatched. Yeah. Um, now, let's go a little bit deeper into your writing style. Um, can we discuss uh, the process of crafting a compelling narrative and the key elements you consider when developing a story for a particular audience, whether it's traditional student or adult learners like myself? Right. Yes. So what we'll do is usually at the beginning of the year, we'll kind of come up with a general content calendar. Um, we'll take note of holidays, any kind of special events, any academic events that are kind of specific to UF that we know is, is going to be a really great promotion. Um, and then what we'll do is find students that we think can fit well into those events or, or whatever it is that we're promoting. Um, it starts, like I said, initially, they'll, they'll be referred to us or we'll reach out to them. Once we've got con that connection made, um, I'll go ahead and schedule the interview. And after the interview, um, I just really, I go back and I listen to that interview several times and I'll, you know, make notes and, and jot down quotes that I, that I pulled that I think really resonated, not just with me, but with the audience. Um, and then I'll, I'll just go back and, and pay attention more to what they were saying surrounding that quote and kind of pull notes with the quotes to build a story around. So it kind of starts loosely as, as more of a frame. Mm -hmm. And as they get deeper into the story, it, it comes together where it's like, okay, this is the vision. This is the start to finish. And this is what I want students or prospective students to walk away from after having read the story. I want them to, to understand that everything was done with a purpose. So when, when students come back to me um, and tell me, you know, you really did my story justice. I really appreciated that platform or getting to read a, a bit of my journey. And I hope that someone else gets to resonate with it as well. That that right there just shows me that I, I've done a good job. Yeah, and it's really impressive that you um, you don't rush the process. Like you said, you, you listen to it as, uh, to the story and to the recording several times. And sometimes these recordings are about 30 minutes, right? So you got to put in the time and you may not always hear those nuggets the first time around. So yeah, definitely I've been following and I encourage everybody else to follow you on social and UF online as well to read those stories because they're just, they resonate, you know, and you can learn a lot, you know, how about the psychology behind it, because when you tell a story well, you know, it resonates with, with others. That's why movies are so, um, so popular. Um, exactly. 
So um, now we we briefly talked about you, that you're promoting um, some of the content via social media, but also email. Um, so what does role what what does what role does the technology play in your storytelling process, and how do you the le leverage digital platforms to engage with your audience and amplify your messages? Yeah. So since the start of COVID, I mean, obviously Zoom has pretty much become the primary form of contact in, in interviewing for, for most of our students. Um, so it plays a big role there. With email marketing specifically, I work very closely with our enrollment management team. So a lot of our emails go out to prospective leads. These, This is essentially anyone who's gone to our website and filled out um, a request for more information about our program. Um, and we we use a CRM program that allows us to measure uh, specific analytics with the emails. We can see uh, open rates, click-through rates, um, what links they're clicking, how long they're spending on average to, to view the emails. And then we use that, that data, um, obviously, moving forward with things like A-B testing. You know, Could it be a copy change? Maybe the call to action wasn't the right wording, so we may want to tweak it. Um, and then with as far as enrollment purposes, we, that's just more we measure year over year. You know, how many students we have versus last year, what our yield, yield rates are, things like that. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm using, um, I've been playing around with um, email marketing quite a bit now. Uh, I use MailChimp. Um, okay. What is this? I, I don't think this is, is as sophisticated as maybe HubSpot, like one of those CRMs. Um, but for now, that's what I'm working with. But yeah, it's, it's really interesting to see, you know, who opened it who bounced right away. And then you can even go deeper and just figure out who the actual person was to further, you know, move them down the funnel um, as you go along with your marketing. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely something we consider with email marketing is is where, essentially where everyone is in their journey of pursuing the degree. In, in general marketing terms, it's, it's the consumer process, but here it's, it's more of where they are in, terms of applying for a college and deciding where they want to go to college. Exactly. And the other cool thing about higher ed in particular is that you actually, you know, you, you, you create a path for these, for these people, like, like myself, I wouldn't be in the position that I am today if it wasn't for my education at UF online, you know, so a lot of people, especially adult learners, they think about like, I really should go back to school. And once they come to your website and they, do their request for more information. You kind of like, they want to do it. You just got to figure out how to get them there. Um, and the right. results, you know, the results speak volumes. I mean, it's a tough deal to go to school as an adult learner, but if you figure out how to structure your, um, your day-to-day -day, um, and just find a way to make it through, man, oh my gosh, it's so worth it. Um, and I'm, I know I'm a fanboy of UF Online, so I should probably stop. <laughs> um, anyways, um, we appreciate that. You know, this is this is um, our hard work exemplified. It's it's personified. You know, in, in students like you and graduates like you who really are doing something with their degree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, and I'm always grateful for uh, UF Online. So I'll be continuously involved with your mission, and I'll be a you know. I'll cheer for you all as we go forward <clears throat> together. So let's go back to student stories. Um, can you share an example of one of your most successful student storytelling project and discuss the impact it had on your institution and your audience? Is there any story that sticks out to you? 
Um, for this answer, I'm probably going to shift a bit from written student stories more to videos that we've done. Mm -hmm. um, recently, we produced a video with a student named Emily. She is a PACE student. So for people who don't know, a PACE program is for students who are admitted into UF through UF online, but they finish their last two years on campus. So they transition over halfway through. Um, and Emily was a great example of being a UF online student doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have access to all the same resources that every other reader has. She mm -hmm. moonlights as a mascot. She is a photorist <laughs> Rome and runs our preview staff here on campus for incoming freshmen. She's involved in Greek life. Um, yeah, so she's, she's got her plate full. And uh, she, like you, is a public relations student as well. So Nice. That's awesome. That, yeah. And then we, um, we also had another student. I wasn't personally involved with the making of this content, but we have a student named Dariel who studied microbiology to become a dentist. But in doing so, he's also an amazing electric cellist along with his brother. And they were on America's Got Talent and America's Got Talent All-Stars recently. So it, it, they're just, I, I feel like a lot of our students are just prime examples of you, you don't need to just have one dream. No, no one's limiting you to one dream except for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. No, I saw that that video quite a bit of of the cellist. It's pretty amazing. It's like, oh my God. and I even had uh, people in my courses, you know, when we had the discussion uh, courses, people introduced themselves like they were professional athletes, you know, or they were professional theater performers. Right. It's crazy who right. you get in this environment because they they travel the world, but they still want to get their education. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You know, everybody's here from all. Exactly. Yeah. And, and giving a bit of a sneak uh, preview for a couple of stories that I have coming up. Um, one student that I just interviewed is training in Illinois to be on the rhythmic Olympic team for Team USA. Um, she'll be in Paris, I believe, next year at the Summer Olympics. And another student that I interviewed um, is a professional tennis player. She was ranked, I believe, 125 in the world. And she'll, I, I believe, is going to be at Wimbledon. So it's, yeah, these students really are just, when I tell you, they, they blow me away. And it's one after the other. It's not just one or two students here or there. It's like every time they come in, they have these incredible life stories. And, and I really just want to share it with everyone, you know? Yeah, yeah. That That's that's smart that you do that because there is a certain type of character that, you know, goes to an online school and, and it makes it happen, right? Yes. Um, so to spotlight them and to get those people that are like-minded onto your, you know, campus, it's like, it's like ideal. And also the the relationships and the network you build by interviewing these kind of people, um, that's invaluable. Um, just for exactly. your personal growth, right? Exactly. Yeah, no, I never say no to professional development and and expanding my network, especially with with uh, amazing gators. I, I love to keep my my circle full of gators. Yeah. It's the same what I do here with this podcast. I speak to so many people that I would otherwise never get in contact with, you know, CMOs. I just recently had somebody on the call from Sydney, Australia, uh, which was amazing. I've been following him on LinkedIn for a long time. And, you know, thanks to this podcast, I could build a, a deeper connection with the person because, you know, we talked about stuff like this. Yeah. Um, yeah, it really, it really shows you so many different sides to, like you said, people you, you normally just wouldn't come across and wouldn't be able to interact with. Yeah, 
Exactly. Exactly. So there's a lot to it, you know, to just get out there and, and, and get over out of your comfort zone and speak to others uh, instead of hiding behind a keyboard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you briefly touched about measuring some results uh, through your email campaigns. Um, so let's talk about measuring a little bit more. How do you measure the success of your storytelling efforts and how do you use data and feedback to inform your, to, you know, inform and create your future projects? So for the written stories, it's a little more difficult to track other than website traffic. Um, but we do share them pretty prominently on our social channels as well. And that's a good way for us to keep track as well. How many times they're being viewed, um, engagement through likes and shares and comments. So we, we, I would say we utilize our social channels the most for, as far as promoting our, our student stories, which mm -hmm. has worked great because um, people have reached out and said, you know, whether it's just be a comment on the story saying, wow, this is incredible. And sometimes uh, students, professors will even reach out on, on LinkedIn and say, thank you for sharing this story. Um, you know, this, this was an incredible student of mine. And, and I know that they're going to go on to great, great things. And platforms like this really help them. They really do. And they help you know, with, 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 with their stories being shared as well. You know, if they sit on your website, it's one thing, but if you have it on social, you have all these different people that may share the story um, or get in front of people as well. If somebody comments, it helps with the reach. Um, you know, if you find the right person who has a good following, then, you know, it's extra right there. Exactly. Yeah. And with the sharing, like you said, we, we want our reach to be as far as possible. We want, we want as many eyes to, to read our stories as possible. Yeah, and then uh, you can always retarget those students, right? When they agree to be on your on your um, you know, on your storyline once for the student success stories, for example, you know, you guys reach out to me to do the where are they now, you know, follow up a year later. So you know, which was always fun too. You know, it gives you it gives your 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 the people that come on to your interview or you know whatever you want to call it, it gives them a spotlight as well and elevates their personal brand, which is always nice. Yeah, definitely. And then outside of stories too, if we if we pull really really uh, great quotes from these stories, we'll reuse those quotes in brochures or in advertisements or um, in our emails even because because we know it's going to resonate with people. Exactly, exactly. Social proof is the best proof, as I always call it. <laughs> yes. Um. Now, you've been uh, UF online how long now? Uh, about a year and a half. Okay, so what's uh what's one important lesson you've learned so far over your course of your content creator career you can share with someone starting out? Or uh, or maybe even what advice do you have if somebody's aspiring to become a higher ed storyteller looking to get into the field? Um some advice would be be flexible. Um definitely flexibility is very important as far as time management, as far as um adapting to your situation, you know. You may want to be a writer for a specific niche, but sometimes getting your foot in the door as a writer pretty much anywhere can be a really great start. And, and that will help you network and, and get to where it is that you essentially want to be as, as far as a long term goal. Um, yeah, I, I would say flexibility was a big thing that I've learned um, and adaptability and, and a lot of collaboration as well. Networking is, is very, very big in marketing. Networking is, is very big in, in the world of writing and publishing. So um, I don't like to say the term, it's who you know, not what you know, because obviously working in higher education, I would never say something like that. <laughs> but, but a big part of marketing and, and public relations and communications in general is who you know. So I think it's very important to surround yourself with 
like-minded individuals and, and just build a strong network of, of people who, who you, who you see are achieving their goals. Yeah, definitely. And that's what you learn in, uh, you know, public relations, especially if you want that earned media, right? You have yep. to have a relationship with those reporters. or exactly, exactly. That's what separates public relations from advertising is public relations is supposed to be free because you're getting that through those connections. And Yes, yes. Yeah. I, um, I recently interviewed the um, uh, the manager, the, the, the director of marketing from the Los Angeles Regional Food Bank, and he told me about oh the millions and millions of dollars of earned media they receive from um, from their local or, and even their national uh, media on, uh, you know, for their, for their organization. So it is huge. You just have to know the right people. And then you got to be available when they're ready to go with your, with your story. Exactly. And I think that ties perfectly right back into the flexibility and adaptability is sometimes things might go the way you want, but not at the right time and right. vice versa. You know, you may you may be in, in a perfect time for something, but uh, you don't have that opportunity yet. So that's where knocking on every door, um, pretty much reaching out to as many people as, as you think uh, can can benefit what you're trying to do. Exactly. Really build your network. Exactly. And then. I didn't prepare this question uh, before, but now since we're on the topic of being adaptable, you know, everybody's talking about AI and Jet GPT right now. Is this something you utilize in your daily work? Not yet. Um, I'm, I'm very much still in the researching process of, of AI. Yeah, yeah. But, I, but I anticipate it becoming a, a big part of my job in, in the near future. Yeah, I, uh, I, I was on a webinar panel uh, two days ago about AI and higher ed. In the okay. higher, so I can share a recording with you about that and uh, yeah, you know, yeah, just, no, I love that. Yeah, it was a lot of higher ed. It was like four. We were four people on the panel. I was one of them, and two of them were like higher ed marketers, and they've been in the industry for twenty years, so they gave their okay. two about it. Um, talking about educating yourself, um, can you give us two books or podcasts you recommend anyone should read or listen to if they want to become a better content marketer? Um. Let's see. I don't know so much specifically about being a content marketer because the, the books I've read are, are more SEO related. So it's it's very, very niche. Um, but one that I've read that I that I think helped me in a lot of aspects of my life, including professionally, was called The Velvet Rage. Um, and that just talks about how to handle things like relationships and career changes at different stages of your life. So that one definitely helped me. Um, at a time when I needed it. And then one that uh, that I recently read that ties in a little closer with PR is called uh, If You Have to Cry, Go Outside by uh, Kelly Catrone. And she is, is a public relations powerhouse. And the story is basically her life story of, of the ups and downs that she, that she went through um, just getting to where she's at in her career. And it actually ties back to what we recently talked about with building connections and networking. And a lot of times she found herself basically at her lowest of lows, but because of a connection that she had, she was granted, a, you know, a different opportunity. Um, and she just kind of relayed that over and over and went from essentially nothing to running one of the most powerful public relations firms, probably yeah, known as People's Revolution. Yeah, it's, it, I got to check that out. Can you say that again? What's the name of the book? It was called, um, If You Have to Cry, Go Outside. Interesting. I have to check that out because, um, you know, everybody's going through something, right? And it's yes. not easy to get to the, to work your way to the top and it's not linear. Either. You know, it's like, 
Right. And there's so many moments, I think, in our lives where we were, you know, you just sit there and it's easier to say, I should give up right now. I don't think I want to keep going. But uh, but her story really is, is it's an example of being in that position a lot, but overcoming it each time. You know, as many times as you fall, you get up that one more time. Yeah, man, I got to tell you, I've sat on my kitchen um, table when I was at UF online so many times and I was like, I just want to give up. I don't want to do this anymore. Just because the pressure of life, you know, they, it weighs you down so much. Right. Always say, you know, you, you want to have somebody in your corner that helps you, you know, move forward. Like my wife, for example, or, or looked at my kids, you know, I was like, okay, I got to keep going. But sometimes the mountain's so high, you don't want to look up to the mountain top. You just look at the next step and then you move right. forward. One step at a time, right? And eventually you walk on that stage and you're like, hey, I did it. I don't know how I did it. But it's it, it, you know, it's over. You did it. You can pr be proud of yourself, and it's just how life goes. Sometimes you never want to, uh, you know, fall back. Just try to find a way to move forward. Exactly, and that's a tactic I find myself using a lot in my day to day life, both with uh, just personal growth and professional growth. Is I think it's very careful to not, like you said, looking looking up at the moment. I think it's important to not set your goals too big from the beginning. Um, so I like to break them up. And then um, I'll even, you know, arrange them, get this done by this week, get this done by next month, get this done within six months. And as I'm doing so, it doesn't feel like I'm taking big steps and it doesn't feel like I'm making much progress. But then that delayed gratification comes because before I know it, a month or two or, or six have gone by and I'm exactly where I planned to be. And, and, and you know, it's a, it's a mental game. It's a lot of psychology. You're kind of tricking yourself into getting the work done. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And then once it's done, the incredible thing is that I just saw the commencement of the spring 2023. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's been a year since I yeah. graduated, you know? I was by, I'm going on a, on a decade since I graduated with my undergrad. And I actually just recently got admitted to UF's grad program. So I'm going to be starting up next semester. And that's a whole mental game that I have to prepare for because I've been out of school for a decade now. Congratulations, man. What are you going for? Um, I'm doing the professional master's program for mass communications. Um, I haven't decided my specialization yet, but I am strongly considering public relations. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. Is it on campus or online? It's on campus. Yeah. Cause I'm doing it through a program we have called the EEP and it covers, it covers my degree, but it, it doesn't cover online. It covers in person. Well, yeah. Hey, congratulations. It's awesome. And you're in Gainesville. So it's not a big deal then. And you yeah, work, yeah, yeah, yeah. work I'll on back and forth between my office and, and the classroom. Nice. Well, it's a perfect fit, man. If you get it covered, it's smart. You know, that's what you yeah. want. To do. Thank, you. Uh, Thank you. As we wrap up the episode, um, how can people get in touch with you if they'd like to ask you more about, uh, questions about UFO online or even your personal journey? Yeah, personally, I'm always available via LinkedIn. Um, I can share with you that link if you want to maybe post that on uh, yeah. when you share this or anything like that. Um, if anyone's interested in UF Online, hands down, the best resource is going to be our website. So that's going to be ufonline.ufl.edu. That's going to have everything anyone would need to know. Um, it's going to show you our degree pages. We offer 25 different bachelor's degrees. Um, if you want to schedule uh, an appointment with an enrollment officer, you can do so there. You can sign up for a virtual information session, which are held by our, our enrollment officers. Um, yeah, and it's got important application dates, deadline info, everything you need is going to be on the website. Awesome. Awesome. It's well worth it. See, I got my degree right here. 
Yeah, yeah, I see that. I've still got to get mine framed, but uh, I think now what I might do is wait till the Masters and just go all out for the duel. <laughs> got to, got to do it, man. You got to do it. Also, man, well, Juani, I really appreciate you being on the show today. Yeah, thank you, Chris. I really appreciated the opportunity. It was, it was really great. It was really fun. Yes, it was. All right, go Gators, man. Go Gators. <laughs>